This episode is brought to you by the Law Office of Joseph I. Martin. It's focusing on real estate closings and probate matters with 20 years of experience. For services, contact Joey at 478-374-1505. The Riles Drug Stores are locally owned and operated independent pharmacy with pharmacists that live in the neighborhood, know patients by name, and are dedicated to keeping you, your family, and our community healthy. They offer fast, friendly service with competitive pricing and free delivery to the surrounding counties. Remember that Riles Drugstore also has Riles Outfitters located inside, a boutique that offers home decor, gifts, and clothing for men, women, and children. Shop local and make our community a better place to live. You can call today at 229-868-6735 or stop by at 12 South 2nd Avenue, McCray Helena, for help with any of your needs. The Merchants and Citizens Bank is a proud sponsor of Throwing It Around. They've been a vital part of the community since 1929. They offer traditional products and services people have come to expect. In addition, they offer internet banking, mobile banking that includes mobile deposit, ATM banking, and telephone banking. For all of your banking needs, please call them at 229-868-5656 or choose to visit them on the web at www.merchantsandcitizensbank.com. Milton CPA Services LLC is your locally owned full-service accounting, auditing, and tax preparation professionals. Please visit them for all your bookkeeping and taxation needs to help keep you, your family, and or business running smoothly. For expertise and peace of mind, you can call on them. Located in the Old Security State Bank Building in McCray, Helena, you can call them at 229-868-5614 or visit them on the web at www.miltoncpaservices.com. Vendor Doodles. If you're looking to add a new member to your family, you can visit them on Facebook, Instagram, or go to their website at www.vineyarddoodles.com. Turkey Creek Outfitters, as hunting season nears its end, also there's still still time to book a hunt with Kyle at Turkey Creek Outfitters. You can call them uh, at 478-697-3428 or visit them visit their page on Facebook or Instagram. Jason's Fast Lube, located at 200 Avenue, is where, is where you go to go get your vehicle in top-notch condition. Jason and his crew offer oil change, rotating balance, some tires, wheels, electrical systems checks, and batteries. Make an appointment by calling 229-868-5344. Drop in today. Head on over to Jason's located in McCray today to get expert advice and great customer service. And also for more banking needs, if you don't if you don't go choose Merchants and Citizens Bank, you can also go to Security State Bank. You can you can visit them at 45 West Oak Street in McCray Helena or call 229-868-6431. And now welcome into episode 34 guys and I'm here now with uh, Coach Matt Burleson where uh, Mr. Mr. Deep and I recapped very briefly in episode 33 the uh, football season and then we jumped into a little bit of some college football playoff stuff as well but we gave a announcer's perspective I guess you could say of the football season but now I'm here with the head man himself. Uh, you're a very hard man to pin down, Coach. But, uh, but of course, I know you've been absolutely busy with, uh, with a lot of these interviews that have gone on during playoff time. But I'm glad I finally got to pin you down. It's been since episode nine was the last time we sat down here, and that was after last football season. So, first off, I'll ask, uh, how are you, and 
we'll jump into specifics after this, but kind of give me your overall uh, view as I read, read, read through these numbers. Finishing the year at 10-3, and three, making it to the Final Four, uh, losing to the eventual runner-up, best finish in multiple categories in 93, uh, since 93, so 30 years, so a 30-year span. So just an overall view of how this season went before we go into specifics from you. Right, well, you know, since we last talked, uh, obviously been very busy, you know, yeah. we started our off-season. Mm -hmm. um, kids worked really hard in the off-season um, in, in, our, in our winter weight program. We finished the state runner-up in the weightlifting competition oh, wow. to Bowden, who, you know, won wow. the state championship. We finished up uh, runner-up to those guys two years in a row, and they've won uh, two football state championships in a row. So, uh, you know, we're closing the gap. Uh, kids are getting stronger. Uh, you know, we'd like to eventually get one of those as well. But uh, we had a great off-season and uh, a, a great spring practice to lead us into our, our summer workouts and conditioning. Um, you know, uh, we, we had a great 2022 season, you know, uh, won our first home playoff game in a long time, advanced to the Sweet 16. So, you know, some, some program first and some, some things are finally getting over the next hurdle. Uh, so um, we had a great group of seniors. It was a small group uh, in 22, but it was a great group. And then we were bringing back a good core of juniors who were our seniors this year. And, um, and we knew we had potential to, to have a pretty decent year. Uh, we lost a kid during the summer, so uh, kind of had to regroup a little bit. But the credit to uh, our kids and our senior leaders, they didn't let it bother them any and um, had some kids step up and, and led us to, uh, you know, a 7-0 start and then, uh, you know, lost a close game to, to Dooley County in the region championship. Uh, and they got a little banged up in that game, and we had to uh, sit some guys. Uh, we, I think we sat like six or eight starters in mm -hmm. the in the season mm -hmm. finale um, to kind of get us ready and healthy for the playoffs, and we still were missing a couple guys in that first round. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we were, you know, region runner-up again uh, for the second year row. Kind of put us in a pretty good bracket, and um, we got healthy at the right time, and like I said, the kids were playing well. And, um, you know, big win at home again with versus Randall Clay. And then, uh, you know, from what I understand, you know, we went on the road and not only beat a ranked opponent, uh, uh, but winning on the road was the first time in school history that we've won uh, a playoff game on the road. And, of course, it was a ranked opponent versus a very talented portal team. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the right team kind of won, and so we got to host the third round, which was really fun, you know, getting to yeah. practice during Thanksgiving week. It's, a, it's one, of those, uh, one of those special things that a high school coach in Georgia uh, you know, wants to do is be practicing during Thanksgiving week mm -hmm. and, and have that uh, Thanksgiving morning walk through practice and everything. It's a special time. And, I'm, I, I, you know, I was excited as a coach to get to do it. I know the, the kids were as well once they woke up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, man, they, they put on a show uh, that Friday night uh, versus Macon County, who, you know, that was the second-ranked team that we beat in the playoffs, and they were ranked number three in the state. And, you know, very good offense, very stingy defense, but uh, well, I was super proud of the kids. They they came out and played a whale of a ball game and, and got us to the semifinals, you know, for the first time in school history. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, we go up to Manchester, who is number two in the state, and, you know, go out there, and, and the kids played extremely hard. You know, we just made some mistakes, and, and, and some of them were kind of costly. But, uh, and, and we knew that, you know, you, you can't play. It's hard to win a a ball game if you make a bunch of mistakes but 
per, uh, particularly in a game of that magnitude and in the semifinals, it, it makes it really hard. But uh, uh, very proud of the kids nonetheless. They fought until uh, there was no time left on the clock. And, um, and uh, you, you hate to lose, but, uh, you know, it was a very talented ball club. And they, they almost won the championship game themselves the other night. So uh, it just shows you how close this ball club was. But what You know, what I love about these young men is uh, – it was just a group of guys, uh, no stars, just a group of guys that went out there. They love each other. They they played hard for each other, and just went out there and fought hard and, and got after people's rear end and and you know won a lot of ball games. So it was it was a fun year. They're a great group to be around, and um, you know these seniors will be missed. Oh yeah, for sure. I couldn't agree more. I know with the loss of some key pieces, you mentioned that you had a small senior group, but there were some big guy, uh, big big names in there too. So with the loss of those key pieces. So can you kind of uh, fill us in since the last episode we talked about those names, but kind of the the names that were that ended up leaving the program, leaving those big holes to fill, and we'll, then we'll jump into uh, jump into who really come in and filled those holes well. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, obviously, you know we graduated Charlie Allen and Devin McRae, two college mm-hmm. players on yeah. the offensive line, big humans, mm-hmm. you know, big humans, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they were they were excellent players for us, and you know they. They're both going to have excellent college careers as well. So those were some big losses there, of course, Quay Powell. And if I understand, uh, we'll kind of give the in details on this too. Charlie uh, Charlie is playing at Georgia Military College Correct. now. I think Devin is at Wake Forest. Correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. And then uh, Quay Powell, our running back from last year, he, uh, he went on to uh, Cumberland University. And like I said, he had, you know, a, a fantastic year as a senior as well. Oh, yeah. So, um, and then we had some other great, uh, you know, role players as well that were in there that uh, that were, you know, key ingredients to the success and, you know, taking that next step. So, uh, you know, obviously we were looking to replace – we, we lost three starters on the offensive line. Obviously we lost our running back, lost a couple guys on the, on the D-line, mm-hmm. but had a good core coming back. So, obviously we needed somebody to, to step up in the backfield and then we needed some guys to, to come along on the offensive line. So, um, you know, Abram Harrelson – uh, you know, came back out and stepped up and had a great senior year. Uh, Keegan Hughes, you know, who has been with the program, uh, but finally got his opportunity to shine and had a solid senior year. So, um, and then it was kind of a kind of rolling there. Uh, some guys rolling through early on, but uh, Cohen Deloach, who's um, you know just a puppy. You know, he's only a sophomore, but uh, he kind of settled in in the guard position, and he's got a really bright future, you know, for us as well, and had a solid sophomore season. So. Um, you know, they, they grew up a lot as the season went on, just kind of trying to find the right mix of, uh, of guys in the right place and, and things like that. Because, you know, that's the, that's the most important position on the field. It doesn't matter how talented you are at your skill positions. If, uh, if you don't have a great offensive line, you're not going to oh, yeah. be real successful. Oh, yeah. uh, so uh, Coach Pitt does a great job with those guys and got them rolling. And, um, you know, we finished um, – Averaging about 28 points a game and, you know, had some good rushing. We had a 1,000-yard rusher again. You know, that being said, Braden Cook kind of stepped into the role that, that, uh, that Quay Powell did. But it was kind of a, kind of a one-two punch there, Quay Powell and Jackie Wilcox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of thunder and lightning, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they complemented each other very well. And kind of between the two of them, they had about 1,600, 1,700 yards, which was about the same that uh, Quay had uh, as a senior in – I think Quay had about 30 touchdowns, and between the two of them, I think they had like 25, 26 touchdowns. So, the, between the two of those guys, they filled that role uh, nicely. I, you know, I hate Jackie kind of got injured there 
uh, towards the end of this year because he was having a great senior year. But uh, he really stepped up as a as a leader when he went down physically. So I was, I was very mm -hmm. proud of him there. And then of course uh, Jabari Zanders uh, oh, yeah. stepped in. Uh, our quarterback moved and and Jabari uh, kind of unexpectedly, you know, won that role and he just kept getting better and better as the season went on. And you know he threw for over 1,600 yards and rushed for 500 himself and, you know, had, uh, you know, 15, 16 touchdowns. So um, for a guy that uh, most probably weren't expecting him to be on the field, at least in that position, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he had a wonderful junior year. So we're expecting big things out of him, having a good off season and, and leading, leading this team into his senior year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, th that, that was a great segue because my next point was to kind of focus in on the quarterback position because th that position – whether unfairly or justly, gets more attention than most most sure. other positions because they're the they're the guy getting stared at out there to make the play and all. And you have Antonio Scott moves away, and people who may just briefly follow or not follow it as closely as some others may do. I mean, that they probably would have been wondering, well, okay, well Antonio's gone. Who the heck's going to play quarterback now? Right. And then you see Jabari Sanders. I mean, me personally, I had never heard the name, and I, I like I, said, I always tried to follow as closely as possible. I was like, well. We'll find out. I mean, this I guess this year would be kind of a, I guess be be a little bit of an experiment. We'll see how it plays out with him. And I remember telling Clayton and Chris whenever we would broadcast the games that uh, I've noticed throughout the year that uh, Jabari just got better game mm -hmm. after game. I mean, you can see. I mean, whether it, like his physical performance, his mental performance, even though he'd make a mistake, he'd come back and this he'd come back and make a play that that made up for it and it, you could t you could tell that he was acting like it never even happened right and i know kind of and we'll go back to the Braden cook and jackie wilcox thing i told chris this during one game i, I made the comparison to a uh kind of like a todd uh kind of like a nick chubb sony michelle type of thing where one of them is Braden to me looks more of like that bruiser running back that that will really go in through you I mean you give him the tiniest hole and bang I mean, he, he'll go in there and make it bigger. He'll he'll run through you if he has to, but he's also sneaky fast as mm -hmm. well. I mean, there's a couple of games I know that I know in the Hawkinsville game and one or two other games he broke some long runs. And then Jackie's more of that shifty, quick one, kind of like how I compared him to Sony Michelle, the smaller, right. uh, smaller, more quick on the feet type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they, they were great. Like I said, there was a great one-two punch mm -hmm. there. Uh, they both earned playing time, and like I said, you know. Uh, uh, Braden was a great between the tackles runner. Mm -hmm. um, you know he's going to get all those tough yards for you. But uh, like you said though, um, he's a lot faster than you think because mm -hmm. he had several 50, 60, 70. I think he even have an 80 yard run there. So um, he's kind of faster than what you think. Sometimes it doesn't look like he may be moving there, but then he runs right by him. And then of course, like I said, we we kind of term you know Jackie's kind of a lightning in a bottle. You know yeah. he mm -hmm. he can house it from anywhere on the field and mm -hmm. great out of the backfield as well. Um, and very very smart player. So. Um, and, you know, he might be small, so we kind of the lion heart, you know, he played mm -hmm. with, you know, he's that, he might be the size of a chihuahua, but looks in, looks in the mirror and he thinks he's a Rottweiler, you mm -hmm. know, that's just, he's fearless and, and he played that way and he, he inspired a lot of guys by his play because, you know, mm -hmm. he wasn't afraid to uh, put his shoulders down and, and, and run some people over as mm -hmm. well. So it, it was a great one-two punch back there in the back. I know, exactly. There's been, there were at least two or three games where I was, uh, where I made calls uh, during the broadcast where, I mean, J Jackie, for the size difference between him and Braden, I mean, J Jackie could take a hit. I mean, and it, and it really took a lot more effort to knock him down than than it did as compared to anybody else. And I was thinking, like, well, uh, I would say there's got to be a little bit of a strength difference between him and Braden, but it didn't look like it really was. I mean, you could see that the, 
for for that smaller for that smaller back. I mean, he had some weirdly powerful legs to me whenever I'd watch him make make some runs in the game. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. uh, if I remember correctly, he was either in the high threes or low fours on his squat max. You know, mm -hmm. he, so he's he's got really strong legs, and of course, you know, with some of the bigger linemen we have, uh, he can kind of get lost back there, and then all of a oh, sudden yeah. he mm -hmm. just pops out and he's gone. So, like I say, it was it was a great. Uh, it was a great combo there to be able to have as a as a weapon in the backfield. And I know uh, speaking on the uh, point where you made about uh, games being won and lost in the trenches, and big credit does go to uh, Coach Pitt there for uh, working with the linemen. I know uh, Telfair here probably has has had one of the bigger, more physical lines in in terms of from what I've seen at least at least inside the region. And I mean, going into the playoffs too, it looked like there was not much of a size difference between uh, between either line. I mean, we were just as physical, if not the same size, or maybe I even if we were getting outsized, I mean, we were, the physicality took over and really helped do the job as well. And uh, we'll actually get into more details about that with the Manchester game because there is one matchup I do want to point out after that, but we'll move on to this question. Uh, Y'all began to show glimpses out there of this being a uh, special season, a different type of team going on out here early on I said teams are unique in their own way year by year but when did you start to see all the pieces start to kind of float together and all the things fitting in the gaps is like well we might actually start uh, we might actually make a run at something this year I think I think it would be the Wheeler game oh, where yeah. mm. um, you know we we had a couple guys out you know we we weren't playing our best ball but they they just kept playing they kept fighting and um, you know, uh, we were down, I think, 20-something points at one point, and mm -hmm. I know a lot of folks have started to leave, but the kids just, I said, you know, just you know, start chipping away, and, you know, we get a touchdown, and then a, and then a, a onside kick, and then another touchdown, and then a stop, and, and then here we are with the ball on the six-yard line with about, you know, a minute and a half to go, and just something uh, that we talked about doing with Coach Collins, and just, you know, hey, every Wednesday, we need to end practice with a two-minute drill which the kids did excellent with. And there was multiple times throughout the year where we had either at half or at the end of the game, we had a two-minute drill, and the kids handled it well. And here we are on a 96-yard drive to, uh, to take the lead. So mm -hmm. um, the resiliency of the kids kind of showed through um, in that game because, you know, it's a rival game. There's a lot of emotions. And, you know, credit to Wheeler, they played very well in that game, very well coached, very physical. Um, but the kids, the kids show to not quit and to keep fighting and come from behind and get that win. I think that kind of gave them the confidence that hey, we can we can do anything we put our mind to, and um, uh, it kind of it kind of shows like all right, we got a little got a little something right here. These kids got a lot of fight, um, you know. <clears throat> and then we, like I said, we we lost a, a, a tough one, a close one with Dooley. Got some guys banged up in that game, and and. Uh, you know, the Trudeland game, like I said, I know we're missing some guys, but it was a good wake-up call, too. You know, kind of uh, just a little a little slap there to, to wake up before playoffs. And, um, you know, we had a re we knew we were going to have a really good defense, and we did. Uh, one of the, one of the, it was the best defense we have since I've been here, but one of the best defenses uh, in a long time. So, you know, if the offense would grow up. Mm -hmm. um, we felt like we would have something special, and I think that's where the offense grew up was that the end, that fourth quarter of the game, we, 
48 minutes, but I think we only played about four minutes mm -hmm. in that game. But it was a great four minutes. So mm -hmm. I think that's where we kind of started to grow up as an offense and um, and do some things. And I think it really uh, gave Jabari a lot of confidence too as the as the field general there. You know, speaking of that last drive, I mean, if, if you had to point out one big thing in that game that really made the difference and really showed that this team was going to run and make something, it would be that last drive there. And I could note, I noticed just a maybe five, ten minutes before that situation come up. I mean, Jabari looked like he got a little bit, of, looked like he got a little upset. Came down to the bench and sat down, and I mean, you could tell he looked mad. But it was like right after that, here comes this long drive that he's got to run. Okay, it's like this little two minute like cooling off period is what really helped him a lot. I mean, it's, it's like the getting mad never happened going through there. The big credit to the uh, both of the running backs, the wide receivers, getting the appropriate amount of yards and getting out of bounds, stopping the clock to where mm -hmm. you're not you're not killing so much time to where you're not going to be able to make it down there. Right. And I know the one big one big thing too that I mean it's it's the truth. Uh, some people who may not want to admit it, but I mean. Should that, uh, if that Wheeler running back had stayed in, I mean, he really seems to be the catalyst for Wheeler in that game to really picking up a bunch of yards. And he was, it was one of those games to where the defense wasn't really, uh, wasn't really uh, keying in on the one person they should have been. And he was, he was really the Trojan killer during that game. But I mean, could it have been a different result had he not gotten hurt and stayed in? That, that remains to be seen. But that kind of reminds me of a, that kind of reminds me of the first national title that Georgia won with Jamison Williams, the mm -hmm. wide receiver, getting hurt. Does it had does he not tear his ACL? Does Alabama win this game? It's kind of a I even I even made that comparison to Mr. Deep during the game. Uh, and then after the game, I know you we also, also y'all also lose a big player in the, uh, during that game as well. Mm -hmm. Wheeler loses the running back. Y'all lose the center Wes, who. Uh, Got banged up pretty good in the head there, yeah. so I mean that uh, y'all eventually got him back, which is a good, which was a big, uh, big pickup going into the playoff. But all in all, I mean, just like you said, the resiliency and the uh, and that last drive showed that like, okay, people are leaving, so we need to do something huge here to really get the momentum back on our sideline and really show that y'all don't need to be leaving, y'all shouldn't leave. Like this border war really means something different. I mean. People who don't understand football so much might not understand the uh, the, the intensity behind a rivalry game. Throw the throw the records out the books. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah, throw the records out the books. And hey, I mean, I, magic. Can, I guess you say magic can happen in the in the weirdest way during a rivalry game. And, and it seemed like that they were able to pull it off. And after the game, me and Mr. Deep off air came to a consensus. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. And he looked at me while we were packing the stuff up and said, Jacob. He said, I'm gonna go ahead and say this now. He said, should Telfer have won that game? I, absolutely not. Am I glad they did? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. That's right, you know, Wheeler played yeah. a whale of a game, yeah. you know, but you know, anything can happen in, in rival games. You know, mm -hmm. they've gotten us before too. Uh, so um, you, you gotta play, for, I guess that's why I say you play for 48 it, minutes, you know. Mm, so. yeah, exactly, you're right. I mean, it, it, it really just depends on like when that magic happens if you want to say I mean that and that was a good thing about the defense I mean early on in the game it didn't look it, it didn't look very promising but the defense did well enough to set up that last minute drive to where I mean y'all were able to keep yourself in striking range to where the game was never really out of hand I would say then then moving into the uh, Dooley and Trutland game you've already touched on it just a little bit so I'll add this question in with it 
I mean, with the dually game, y'all got somewhere between half a yard to a yard short, and just weren't mm -hmm. able to just weren't able to push it in. And uh, also, this Truthland game, like you said, that that was probably the best description I probably could have given it going into uh, going into playoff time. Kind of a wake up call. It's like, okay, I mean, a lot of things went wrong in practice next week. You could say that y'all had a y'all had a pretty uh, good checklist to check off and really uh, tighten some loose screws. I would say. So what exactly did you say to the team and, and to get them back on track, and and do you think it took them long to get back on track? Right, well, you know, we went into the Dooley game, which obviously we knew it was a region championship, so there was a lot of hype, a lot of excitement yeah. and everything. Um, but we were in it without our starting center and our starting running back linebackers. Braden didn't. Mm -hmm. We lost Braden and Wes in the Wheeler game. Um, so uh, that kind of hurt. And, that, you know, that's where, you know, your short yardage situations, you know, your goal line short yardage situations, you'd mm -hmm. love to have your big bruising back and your, mm -hmm. you know, your starting center. But, you know, that's part of football, and you got to find a way to um, to win in spite of it. But I felt like the guys that um, that stepped in and played, we ended up finishing the game with our fourth and fifth string running back in, um, you know, there. And that being said, we still gave our ourselves a chance to win the game in the end, came up a little bit short. But, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And although we wanted to win the region, I think uh, uh, we ended up in a, a better bracket, uh, you know, in the long run. So, um, you know, we talked about wanting to hang a banner, a region championship banner in the gym. But, mm -hmm. you know, now we get to hang a Final Four banner. So yeah. uh, it ends up being a little bit prettier. Even better. So yeah. I'll, I'll, take the, uh, I'll take the Final Four banner over oh, yeah. the region championship banner any day. So, but it, it, was a, it was a good wake-up call. Like I said, we got some more people banged up in the Dooley game. So... You know, the Trula game, we just wanted to survive, you know, and get people healthy for the playoffs. We knew we were going to be the number two seed. Um, still wanted to win the game, obviously. Um, and we just did not. I and mean, credit to Coach Collins at Trutland. You know, they came over and and, and kicked our rear ends. Uh, but, um, and we wanted to obviously win that game for our seniors. and But we just did not play uh, very well that game. And, and uh, like I said, it was a, it was a good wake-up call. One of our senior leaders, uh, B.B., Jordan McCray, Mm -hmm. Says a coach. That's uh, that's what we needed there. I think. I think some of the guys were kind of feeling themselves, um, getting a little too cocky. And mm -hmm. he said, you know, we got to practice better. You know, we got to execute. We got to stay focused. And uh, and that was kind of the the light switch that went on there. And mm -hmm. um, you know, from from then on, um, the guys were were lights out in practice, lights out in the film room. And it was kind of that spark we needed to uh, to make this run that we were able to make in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and thank these sponsors real quick one more time. As we, I think we're about at the halfway point of this episode. Thanks to, thanks to Riles Drugs, jointly with Riles Outfitters, the Merchants and Citizens Bank, the Law Office of Joseph I. Marchant, Milton CPA Services, LLC, Vineyard Doodles, Turkey Creek Outfitters, Jason's Fast Lube, and Security State Bank. So this team's recent history in the playoffs, I would say, has been not be uh, around not being able to get past the sweet 16 where we've made it to our, the, the team has made it to round two and but they never had never seemed to have really gotten past that point so what helped what what do you think helped y'all break the mold or really dig out of that hole uh i think the biggest thing was uh, great senior leadership we have uh told some before uh, i've seen the old adage where um average teams are coach led great teams are player led and there was just something special about this group, you know, and they they handled a lot of stuff themselves. And 
they were self-motivated. They wanted to be pushed. They wanted to be coached. They wanted to be great. Um, and it was just, you could just kind of feel it with this group. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, you know, getting the right matchups and getting healthy and, and things like that always, always helped. But this, this group was hungry. Uh, they really wanted to take that next step um, uh, from what the 2022 team did. And they, they just they just wanted it more, you know. Mm -hmm. They wanted it more, and they found a way to win in the portal game. And they just really, really wanted it more and, you know, played a whale of a ball game in that uh, Macon County game as well. Okay, I got you. Okay. And, you know, I, one point that just popped up into my head, I, I will say uh, I keep making comparisons to George because I'm such a big fan, but – some of the points that you've made up kind of trigger things that Kirby Smart has said in news conferences before is that in terms of like with injuries and all and what we've, what we've been able to do and it's really that mentality of all right this person goes down all right next man up and it's mm -hmm. not like these next it's not like the second third and fourth stringers are sitting there not expecting to get into the game at all because I mean they out one I'll bring up another point later on is that I mean we've gotten some younger guys in there to play in some mm -hmm. games and they've made some uh, and they've made, uh, they have made some plays. They're not, they're not just in there filling a space. So I mean, those those second, third fingers, they're sitting there, ready to go if 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 their number is called. So they're not just sitting there and then they're getting called off guard. If well, as soon as somebody goes down, it's like okay, there there's a chance in this game. All right, somebody could go down. I've got to be on my A game. Yep. As you know, normally second, third stringers, they may not necessarily be on their A game because they may be putting in not as much effort at practice, which that's that's a bad mindset to have because you never know when you actually may, may be getting in. But, but but that's the thing I noticed this year about the about the team. They've really taken that next man up ma mindset like Kirby Smart has said before they're in Georgia this year too. I mean, they've they've had in injuries of some crucial people who have uh, who have made that <laughs> made that statement come true. And in some games to where we not uh, where the team may, may not have been performing as well as others, especially like going into halftime as well. Coming in they may not they might have fallen behind at halftime or they may have been maybe one, two possessions up at halftime. Coming in coming back after halftime, the halftime adjustments after games to where y'all have been y'all were able to pull away and eventually capture a W in a game. That's one thing that I brought up to Clayton too, is that that's that was one of my big points at the end of the year was talking about how well this team was able to make the adjustments and not stick to one single game plan the entire the entire game like the the ability to change on the fly and not stick to what they've got had on the whiteboard come kickoff yeah um, our yeah. coaches do a great job um, obviously you have a plan going in yeah. and you know sometimes it's going according to plan and you yeah. can just you know stay as you're going but mm -hmm. uh, you know those guys work across from you all week long too. Yeah. And you know they're not going to sit there and 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 let you, uh, you know, kick their tail either. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're they're going to make adjustments. So you have to be ready uh, to make some adjustments as well, so that you can keep rolling. But our coaches and our they do a great job of uh, you know making the necessary adjustments, and the kids do a great job of being receptive uh, to those adjustments and not you know freaking out or anything like that. So. Um, you know, and that, that's that's a big part of it as well is, you know, being able to do those sort of things. Um, some some years you have teams that can handle that kind of stuff on the fly, uh, and some um, you can't. And this is a group that, uh, like I said, was special. And you could you could do a lot of things, you know, with them. They could handle a lot of different things. So um, they were very versatile. They were very coachable, which 
you know, allowed us to uh, to be able to do those sort of things. Gotcha, gotcha. So now we'll we'll jump into the playoffs and try to get more detail with the breakdowns here for those that either can't remember the order or don't know the order in which the games were played. And we ended up securing the win against Randolph Clay in round one, and then Macon County, then Portal, and then eventually losing out to Manchester. So I mean, we're kind of breaking down the round Randolph Clay game. I would say none of these games I. I don't want to sound like this. I don't want to sound like I'm I'm throwing off on the importance of all these victories. But none of these games were easy. But I would say that the one that the game to me that seemed like were was that seemed the easiest for y'all to secure the win was probably against Randolph Clay. And then round by round it got tougher. Mm -hmm. So we'll kind of break down with the Randolph Clay game first because of from what I can recall, I mean that was a pretty uh, that was a pretty important uh, pretty important game. Big numbers were put up as well. Some guys came back, and you were still waiting on some guys to come back from the aisle. So we'll kind of break down that one first. Well, yeah, I said Randolph Club, they were uh, a much improved team uh, mm -hmm. over there. Very physical ball club. Um, great on defense. Yeah. Great job on defense. Um, um, our defense played very well. I thought our offense kind of, uh, we started to get healthy, which always helps your offense, mm -hmm. you know, do a little bit better. Well, we didn't have West back. Um, we didn't have West back yet, didn't have Jackie, um, but we got Braden back for that game, so that, you know, kind of helps. I know Jabari, Jabari felt a lot more comfortable with, uh, you know, running back in there. Um, so played very well at home there, you know, got a big home playoff win uh, that led us into the Portal game. Uh, the Portal uh, had to go on the road, which, mm -hmm. you know, we haven't, hadn't won a, a playoff game on the road in school history. and. Uh, we were going to have to do it against the number. I think there were like seven or eight in the in the state with uh, you know uh, a receiver who's uh, committed to the University of Florida, big old kid, mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, an amazing athlete at quarterback who I think has you know three or four um, Division One offers as well. You know he he was uh, uh, we knew it was going to be a tough a tough matchup, particularly being on the road. But you know just having two. Uh, great players, and they had some really good players around them as well. Very good on defense. You know, they um, both teams were in the top ten in the state of both scoring defense and scoring offense. So it was kind of one of those games: is which one's going to give? And um, you know, we go out and, and score, but you know, we had some some mishaps there. We had some turnovers, and we didn't finish some drives offensively. But uh, that was probably one of the best games I've seen our defense play particularly with uh, you know, the amount of athletes they had on the field. And, and uh, I just remember one of our seniors saying it was, it was 12 to 7 at halftime, uh, them. Uh, we were battling. We knew it was going to be a battle. Um, and nobody was flinching. Nobody was worried. Uh, but one of our seniors right before we went out said, hey, you know, we got to pick this up. We got to go. And just letting you all know right now they're not scoring again. And they didn't. You know, and defense was lights out. Of course, we cap it off with a, a big hit on the quarterback by Quez Rowe, and then the ball falls right into Braden Cook's arms, and, and then our offensive line was able to help us grind out uh, that first down so that we could, because um, they still had two timeouts left. Mm -hmm. So we had to, couldn't just take a knee. We had to, uh, to get a first down to make them burn their timeouts. Um, so it was a great team win. The kids fought hard for it. So it was great to... Uh, to get that first playoff road win. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, after the game, we were kind of waiting to see what was going to happen because we didn't know it was going to be Aquinas. We didn't know it was going to be Macon County because they had gone into overtime. 
and we were kind of cheering for Macon County because if it was Macon County, we knew we were getting a home playoff game for Thanksgiving instead of having to go all the way to Augusta. And, and you know, Macon County pulled it off in overtime. And mm -hmm. man, it was it was like I said, it was it was fun to to be able to to practice and be on campus by ourselves and the community coming and, and feeding us, uh, you know, before and after. And, and then the the game here was electric. I mean, it was three or four rows deep along the fence. The stands mm -hmm. were completely packed. It was loud. It was exactly what you want these kids to experience in a quarterfinal uh, <clears throat> home game. And they came to play. And it, like I said, it was electric. The kids played extremely hard. Like I said, you know, Macon County had one of the top offenses in the state and our defense uh, did a very good job of shutting them down. Mm -hmm. And then uh, probably, especially in a game of that magnitude, like I said, number three team in the state, uh, our offense showed up and, and showed out and uh, it was just a great, a great team win uh, there. And like I said, the celebration was great. You know, it, it was, it was just so much fun because you know not only did we make it to the third round which was one of our goals but having a big home win in the quarterfinals versus the number three team in state to qualify for the final four uh for the first time in school history it was it, it was amazing uh so so proud of the kids uh you know for that yeah absolutely i, I honestly feel the same way and you know uh, a lot of a lot of people underestimate the importance of like home field advantage, but it always seems to me it always seemed to me as, uh, this this season that it like it really was an advantage for this team because it seemed that going on the road we seemed to have have to fight a little bit more to really pick up these road wins. But being back at home every time that we would be here, it seemed like that that I know one thing you pushed all year was like the importance of the twelfth man, the attendance at the game, and all of it. it really the twelfth man. Was a big factor, more of a more of a factor in this season than people think it was. Oh, absolutely. I'm. Yeah. You know, they they show up anyway, and I. Yeah. You know, they started out kind of with you know the coaches' wives and some of the yeah. the fans that have been around for a while. You know, getting loud with the cowbells. But each each game, it seemed like the cowboy cowbells grew, mm -hmm. the the noisemakers grew, the numbers of the fans grew. Of course, our band's outstanding. Um, you know, um, our cheerleaders got in passing out. Uh, little miniature cowbells or mm -hmm. horns, noisemakers, things like that. So it was great to see the entire community get involved in. Like I said, they um, they were obviously uh, you know there, and then we had more fans at Portal, and were certainly louder mm -hmm. uh, than what their fans were. And then uh, you know it was an amazing atmosphere. They were so so loud, uh, which we love at home. And then it was another great atmosphere on the road at Manchester for my final game. You know, they had a good crowd, but I thought we had just as many people I, there yeah, I was, I as mean, we I, did, and I they, they were certainly there, loud. I also went there with a friend of mine, and yeah, I, went, I would look around, and I was like, well, I, this, this, is a, this is at least an equal number of fans. I'm, I'm, I'm sure if I would have looked a little bit closer, there, there might have been more. I yeah, think. and this, that, you know, that yeah. just the, and the kids love that. Yeah. The fact that, yeah. uh, you know, it's a two and a half hour, maybe a little bit more ride, mm -hmm. and we have just as many fans, if not more, on the road, the kids really appreciate that, you know, and it it makes you, you know, feel good as a coach too that the community, because these are our community's boys, this is our community's team, and to see them get behind and uh, support and cheer on these kids, I know they love it. But the 12 man is important, so we just got to remember that going into next year oh, yeah. to 
to you can put them up right now but come august we got to dust off yeah. the cowbells and the yeah, horns and get them back, back out yep mm -hmm. started early and often absolutely absolutely and you know the what what really helped is i mean now that the the community who have been who have pretty much been there all uh been here all their lives really that remember the the success of the 90s like 92 93 team and know they're starting to see this come back and they're really starting to dig into it now i know in i know in prior years to where the the success of the football team was less to be desired, I would say. And now that the the love for football was still there, but it kind of uh, it died off a good bit. But now that you see success like this coming back, or what we saw in the '90s, I would say that that's what really that's what really kind of upped it, really moved it forward to another level in terms of fan support. And now, I would say, we'll jump to individual accolades now. You know, I know we had a pretty long list of accolades for like individually like with region awards I know we had uh, I know Mr. Deep uh, uh, called him this during one of the games uh, Mr. Automatic Davis uh, <laughs> Davis Williams he uh, he got was it uh, the special teams special player of the team, year for our region yep. special teams player of the year I know uh, Jabari got first team on mm -hmm. offense uh, let's see we had a couple of second teams Mm -hmm. uh, second teams, I know we had. Uh, well, Braden was uh, yeah. co-athlete of the year. Okay, yeah. Like mm -hmm. I said, I knew uh, there was something with Braden. I couldn't remember. Yeah, what he it was. had an outstanding year, uh, both sides of the ball, and then of course Davis. Uh, you know, he averaged over forty yards a punt. Of course, made a lot more field goals than we've ever made. Mm -hmm. um, he had an excellent year, and of course we had. You know, Christon Xander's made a uh, first team, and Abram made second team there, and Trill made first team receiver. Um, Quesman Davis second team. Jackie made second team running back, which was great to see. And of course, D. Ray made first team D line. Jeremiah Quinn made second team D line. Uh, we had Sammy and Jaquez Rowe on the first team linebackers, and then uh, Brandon, little Brandon Wilcox. Uh, he made second team. Of course, uh, BB uh, made first team uh, safety, and of course, Wes and uh, and Keegan made honorable mention. So we had a total of 16 guys um, make various. Uh, forms of all region, which is great because that's not something I'm picking. Right. That's yeah. that's on the votes of uh, the, the other coaches in yeah. the region. So that just kind of shows you the respect uh, that this team earned uh, from other coaches in the region. Oh, absolutely. I know one one big thing that really made Braden. I'll I'll talk about him just a little bit. Bray, what made Braden such a really a dangerous player in a good way was the two way ability of him playing linebacker and being that big running back. Davis with his punts, especially when I, uh, Mr. Deep and I would talk about this, like either really during the games and some really and after as well, pinning pinning teams back deep, mm -hmm. uh, either within the red zone, sometimes got within the ten. I mean, yeah. might have gotten within the five a time or uh, a couple of times. I mean, that was one that was one huge thing that he that he showed out with this year. I mean, you could tell that he's uh, year by year he got better. What uh, correct me if I'm wrong was this was this his first year? Punting? Was he always? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He had just, his yeah. first three years, he just handled all our kicking the duties. Okay. Uh, but uh, he took on punting uh, mm -hmm. this year as well. And, and like I said, averaged over 40 yards a punt. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was it was a truly, it was a weapon, mm -hmm. you know. And there was multiple times where um, they pinned the offense, uh, the opposing team's offense deep. And, you know, as the further you get away from the goal line and to your own goal line, the likelihood of you being able to score lessons and so and and Davis did that many many times this year and put our defense in a great position so which in turn 
because we got a very good defense, uh, mm -hmm. put our offense in a great position. Yeah. So, um, you know, although I don't mind having to drive 80 yards, but if we can get the ball in the 40, 50, yeah, I'm okay with that too. Oh, so. absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes to talk of staying on the defense. We'll go back to the defense. I mean, Quez Rowe was a big name that, I mean, he's, he's, he's made big plays pretty much his entire time here. I mean, I know I've heard his name called multiple times. I've called his name multiple times on the stream. Mr. Deep's done it over the PA. Uh, Jeremiah Quinn, at least at least in the past season or two, like he's really emerged as a big de as a big defensive guy, and uh, Jordan BB McCray, I mean, a tremendous defensive back as well. I know he had one uh, one ESPN worthy interception during the I think it was the Hawkinsville game. I believe mm -hmm. was that was I think thirteen covered that game. I believe they did. Yeah, yep. they got caught. That's 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 the reason I called it ESPN worthy because it got caught on camera. Um, but yeah, I, when I saw that, I was like, I didn't know he could jump that high. <laughs> yeah, he, him and Trail yeah. are have outstanding leaping ability mm -hmm. and ball catch ability. And they they both um, made multiple interceptions this year that mm -hmm. were just uh, astonishing to watch. Mm -hmm. And 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 there's been in those times those interceptions that they've had, like they they have come at at moments that like really either turned the tide of the game or sealed the other team's fate. There's been times that. It, it almost it almost felt like it was like well I'm gonna wait till this time pick it off and like now all right game over now yeah. that's right yeah it was mm -hmm. definitely very timely oh yeah for sure for sure and let's see now we'll talk about I think we pretty much covered everything to really re recap the uh, see oh I'll, I'll go back to this point uh, I know we talked about you having uh, putting young guns out there the third and second through fourth string I'm sure you I'm sure, didn't you say you've gone that deep before. I think anywhere between second, yeah, uh, third, fourth string. Yeah, we actually ended yes. up the dually game with uh, our fifth string running back in. Oh wow! wow. So, yeah. but that that's just a testament yeah. to the kids and them right. them working hard in practice and you know knowing what uh, we're able to do. So, which uh, which brings me to the point that I was uh, that I was getting to was they come in there and and it almost seems like they're not outwardly at least they're not outwardly showing that the that the pressure's getting to them. They, I mean, there there's been some times where they've been inserted into a pressure field game and really made some plays I think uh what's the name I'm looking for played on defense uh is it Braylon or Braden Womack Braylon Womack, Braylon yep, Womack. freshman yep. yeah freshman and I think he I cannot recall the game maybe you can help me on this one I think he ended up with a uh with an interception I believe yeah he had a big uh yep. we had some guys cramp up and, and yep. uh or maybe rolled an ankle I think mm -hmm. it was toward the, end of the game and it was some teams that were in some spread offenses, so we needed extra DB, and mm -hmm. and he kind of yeah, he worked hard, and you know JV season was over, and he kind of he worked on some special teams and things like mm -hmm. that, but he kind of developed as the year went on, and uh, he got in, made some big pass breakups. I think it was in the Randolph Clay game, mm -hmm. got in a little bit in the portal, and then uh, Macon County game, he comes up with a uh, big interception towards okay. the end of the game that kind of kind of sealed their fate or whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, he did some really good things. Uh, particularly uh, in the playoffs of mm -hmm. all places, uh, you know, for a freshman. So yeah. we're excited about uh, his future. He's got to keep working hard and, mm -hmm. you know, getting bigger, faster, and stronger. He's got a bright future. Oh, I, I honestly honestly agree with that. I couldn't agree more. And uh, second half to the question about the individual accolades, I mean, is there uh, – you and I talked about this in our last episode, but is there uh, – any names out there that are on their way out that have either that either have interest in going to play at the next level or are getting their uh, are getting eyes on them at the next level? Yeah, we have um, of this group right now. We have five young men right now that um, have at least 
been offered opportunities to play mm -hmm. at the next level. Of course, uh, BB has several opportunities. Uh, Sammy Grimes, uh, D-Ray Sean Bryant, mm -hmm. uh, Trail Clay, and then Jaquesman Davis. All those right now, you know, it's up to them whether they want to, you know, continue that next level because it's a it's a big ask. It's a big commitment to play college football, but they have shown, you know, with their their work in the classroom and their work on the field, um, that there's some some schools that have. Uh, you know, showing interest in them and have offered them the opportunity to, to play at the next level. Awesome, awesome. And I know that that's one, that, that's also another thing too that I've, that I've really loved watching here. I know, especially in your tenure here, I mean, that you've had at least, I know, on a minimum of two, maybe three guys signing every season somewhere at any level. And I, I've, I, I've interviewed in different sports, college athletes uh, uh, playing different sports, softball, baseball, I haven't interviewed a college football player yet, but I'm definitely working on that. <laughs> but I would say that uh, I, most of them, I, I posed this question and talked about the the uh, the low the low standards or the or the criticism that these lower level colleges get. I mean, like the NJCAA JUCOs or what do you call NAI or whatever. I mean, saying that well, if 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 I can't get a D1 program to look at me, like, I ain't going. It ain't worth it. Like look, you've been offered the opportunity to go play the sports you love at the next level. I mean, and there are there are programs in each of these, what do you, well, if you want to say uh, versions of, of college, whatever you want to say, JUCO, NAIA, however, or wh whichever one you, uh, Division Two, Division Three, if, if you get there. I mean, th there's a, there's incredible programs at each, uh, at each step, whatever, whichever one you're offered to get. And I don't see the, the justification of the the sourness that some people give toward that. Yeah, I, I think it's just a society mentality yeah. right now that's yeah. been kind of pushed. Um, mm -hmm. and, th and there's nothing wrong with uh, any of these other levels. There is some great yeah. football players. Mm -hmm. There's some tremendous coaches. There's some tremendous programs that are Division three. NAI Division Two, FCS, JUCO. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just a willing of you know, it's a pride thing, I think, yeah, and, probably, and, and there's no reason to be. It's probably the most of it. Uh, you know, there's you know D1 or bust mentality, which um, I don't think unless you go see it in person, I don't think people quite understand what it takes to what, what it takes to, to play get. at that level, both just from a genetic size, mm -hmm. you know, and speed and strength. Um, there, it's a lot harder than what you think. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's gotten even harder now with the portal and everything like that. But uh, there's a lot of great ball to be played mm -hmm. at some of these other levels. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you really want to play college football, you don't need to turn your nose up, mm -hmm. you know, at any of those. Um, and just, just go make the most of your opportunity and go get a great education and 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 go on. But uh, we've had a lot of guys um, over the last few years get opportunities. Uh, so, it's, I mean, it's a lot of hard work, but uh, we got some guys. And it, it really helps, too at least on my half, to be able to promote these young men to colleges because of mm -hmm. their work in the classroom. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, well, final point before we jump into, like, what's going on this weekend up in Atlanta is I, I would say one thing that I've really enjoyed watch, uh, seeing ever since you arrived here. This, I mean, you've just wrapped up your 12th season here, I believe. And, see, you don't – at all these, at multiple levels, either professionals, college, and really high, high school, either too. I mean, there's, there's also this stigma of instant turnaround, instant gratification. If a program's had some down years, 
and they bring in a new coach to revamp it and like, all right, let's let's get back on the right track. Let's get to, let's get to the playoffs. It's all right, it's time to win a ring after this drought that we've had. You don't see a lot of times, especially nowadays, uh, somebody given enough time to turn around and and it get to year twelve. You know, I mean, maybe maybe three, four seasons if you haven't turned it around by then, that, that, then you're given the boot, you know. But like, you've made it to year 12, and then th that really just kind of speaks to the, the level of improvement that you've seen in increments year by year. I mean, you've got, I'd say, in, in right before you got here, I mean, it was, I think, one, one win in the past two, two seasons right before you got here, I think, if I, under, if I read my numbers right. And then you got here, I mean, kind of, we talked about this one time in a tailgate show, how it stayed at around the, for a while it stayed at the six win mark, and then you got up in the seven, and then finally hitting some eight, and now we've gotten into a ten and three year. I mean, just ha just having the patience with a coach uh, year by year to see, I mean, you're seeing improvement uh, to like really, I guess, lengthen that, or keep that, Keep that leash lengthened and say, no, all right, you're, you're back for another year. You're back for another year. I mean, I see something happening. It may not be translating very well onto the field, but I can see that it's getting better in other in, in other areas. Yeah, obviously it was, a, it was a big task, a big project to take on. And, you know, we were trying to rebuild it in one of the most difficult regions in single A. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of times the, the record, especially early on, the record, uh, may have not reflected the amount of progress mm -hmm. that we made, you know, playing the Irwins and Clinches and Charlton's and Turner, Wilcox, all those teams. Um, and going from, you know, maybe beforehand getting beat by 40, 50 points to, you know, now we're, we were still losing, but it was, you know, a touchdown or less or, you know, in the ball game. So yeah. a lot of progress was made. Sometimes you got to dig a little bit deeper than the, than the one loss record, um, you know, there. And we, year three, we finally broke through uh, with a playoff appearance, which had been like the first time in like 14 years. Mm -hmm. uh, so that kind of helped there. And and we made it another time. And we're really close, you know, uh, of, uh, of getting that first playoff win in a long time. And, you know, it, it got to, I think it was year 11, we got the first playoff win in almost 30 years and it was at home and everything like that so uh, sometimes those things take a long time you mm -hmm. know um, John Wooden didn't win his first championship until he was six, uh, 16 mm -hmm. years in so um, a lot of times it has to do with you know the timing and what groups are coming through and maybe what your schedule is your region schedule but uh, there was a lot of work to be done you know here when we got here and we've had uh, the kids have bought in and We've got great administrators uh, that have allowed us to to do the things that we need to do to to get this program headed in the right direction. Absolutely, and I, I mean, I, I, th that explanation I would say probably fits best and within the way I tried to explain it there. So now let's jump into uh, this weekend. What's going on? How we uh, we were mere minutes away from actually being up there. And we'll, we'll we'll jump into it, and we'll review the classes that have determined their state title, and your and your your opinion on the upcoming games as well. We'll look at Division One in Single A now. Prince Avenue Christian ended up beating Swainsboro 49-32. Going into that game, that's a uh, that was a rematch 
from That's last right. from last season. I would say that uh, my my own personal prediction. I mean, uh, for God, however many years now, Prince Avenue's been, I guess the the king of the hill. I would say in that mm-hmm. <laughs> in that division of football. So I mean. Were you able to catch any of that game and, and, and watch some of it? Yeah, we watched uh, those first the first day games. I wanted to mm-hmm. see that because uh, our former quarterback, Noah Harrelson, who's uh, mm-hmm. going to school up there, he's helping out with Prince Avenue. So he just picked up his second championship ring. Oh, wow. Uh, so, you know, we wanted to watch that. Of course, that uh, that young man at quarterback for, uh, for Prince Avenue is fun to watch. And, you know, Swainsboro had some electric athletes. And, of course, you know, wanted to watch the – the Manchester Bowden game. So we've we've watched all those. Mm-hmm. Getting ready to here in a few minutes, just go watch uh, Coffee. You know who's our neighbor. Oh, yeah. Uh, get them ready to watch. Uh, I think they're playing Creekside. So yeah, we we definitely watch all these games. They're they're fun. They're entertaining. So. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the Prince Avenue uh, quarterback, a Georgia Tech commit, I believe. Mm-hmm. If I if I understand that right. So like, just from watching him in that game, I could see that. Uh, I think Tech's got a good quarterback coming their way. Yeah, he's he's a really good player. Oh, really absolutely. I know going into uh, the Division Two game, I mean Bowden and Manchester yet again another matchup, uh, another excuse me, another rematch from last year. And I know it, and uh, for those that didn't catch the news, I would say that I'll try to be as, I guess, discreet as possible. But I mean Manchester went up there a, a little saddened after some bad news hit them mm-hmm. on the eve of the game. They lost one of their defensive linemen, uh, Brand- Brandon Smith, I believe. Yeah. And uh, you know, honestly, it had to have been tough for them to go up there and, and ha- try to be in a good enough mindset to play a football game. And they almost they almost avenged their loss from last year, twenty eight twenty seven in favor of Bowden. They get to become back to back champions again. So I mean, that th- that game was closer than I personally predicted it to be. Yeah, they uh, you know, you never knew their mindset going in that game because I couldn't imagine. You know, as a coach, um, just going through it yourself, but then trying to get the the team, you know, ready to go. So there was probably two ways that was going to go. One, uh, just they didn't want to be there, which mm-hmm. would be understandable mm-hmm. as well. Or, you know, they go playing some really inspired football, you know, for their brother. And uh, they they played a whale of a game. And our, our definitely our heart goes out to uh, that community because, you know, we just played against that young man. Uh, just a little over a week ago, so I, I couldn't imagine. I hate it for uh, all those young men on the team. Obviously, his own family. They're a small community like us, so uh, very, very sad situation and uh, very unfortunate. So, uh, definitely hate what they're what they're having to go through right now. Oh yeah, uh, you're right. I know when I saw that when I got home from church on Sunday, I was like, oh man. I, you know, there had to have been some. Some feeling in there is thinking like, okay, do we even want to go up there now? You know, but it, I, they did an incredible job of going up there and translating that into a motivation for, like you said, all right, let's play for our brother. Let's go in here and try to win a championship for him. And that, and I, I'm really glad they were able to pull pull it off that way, despite the loss. I know. Going into Double uh, A, Pierce County and Rockmark go went to. Probably the oddest game, if I had to say, in terms of like the way it was played, uh, because of the, I, I guess to me I, I got a little bit bored in one way, in one aspect of the game. It went to a triple uh, triple overtime, forty eight to forty five. Title goes to Pierce County, but I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a football game where 
uh, a quarterback has 50 rushing attempts or 50 carries. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 50 pass attempts for a quarterback is a lot during a game that I've seen before. But like when he carry, when the quarterback carries the ball 50 times and you're what single digits in passes, I think four, maybe five passes. I mean, that was I, that's just, that was just an odd game. But Pierce County showed that they were. Uh, they were the king of the hill in double-A this year. So, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, that's just, you know, that's Pierce's style of yep. offense. They want to play. They've had a running back back there before. This just so happens uh, this young man can throw it in and run it a little bit, and he's kind of like a little mini Tebow back there. And He'll very, actually be back. Very physical uh, brand of football. It's a, you know, a, you know, exciting game to watch, particularly there at the end. And um, it kind of reminded me, Pierce said, you know, we didn't really have any stars, just a bunch of guys playing hard for one another kind of remind us of our, our group there. So, you know, hats off those guys, another South Georgia team bringing it home. Oh, absolutely, for sure. And it was Cedar Grove and Savannah Christian. They have yet to, or I think they were playing. I think they just finished up. I was going to say, they just finished up because I think that was a 21-point lead in favor of Cedar Grove. I yeah, believe. they were handling them pretty yeah, good so there when I turned it off. At the time, yeah, okay. So, I mean, I, I would assume Cedar Grove took that one. So we'll go and break down this other one here now. Uh, Stockbridge and Perry. Uh, Perry, not not too far up the road. That's right. Uh, once again, they are another fairly close team to uh, our neck of the woods. They bring home a state title in 5A. Yeah. Uh, that, they, was they, it 5 they, or 4? No. I think they were 4A. 4, and, yeah. Uh, another talented, I counted wrong. Yep. talented team in, uh, I guess, Middle Georgia or South Middle Georgia and uh, Coach Smith's done a great job over mm -hmm. there at Perry, and they were able to bring bring that one home in, in some fine fashion there last night or yesterday evening. Absolutely. I know we'll, uh, we talked about Coffee and Creekside, just very, very briefly, we're getting ready to go watch them. I know Coffee, I mean, those guys have, I mean, they've got, they're, they're ridiculously talented. I know whenever, oh, yeah. whenever I would keep up with some games while we were broadcasting here or even over, uh, even over at Manchester, I, I kind of kept up with them with that game. The, I mean, back-to-back -back weeks having to go up and around the Cartersville area. I mean, that was kind of a, yeah, they, that was kind of odd how that bracket uh, got carried yeah, out they, that way. They put some travel miles in, but they they have one of the mm -hmm. obviously they got a really good running back, but they got one of the best defenses in the state, and so mm -hmm. uh, you know should be a good game here. They right. probably just kicked off. Now, Thomas County Central and the Woodward Academy now 49-28 uh, in favor of Thomas County Central. That was a that, that was a really entertaining game to watch as well. I mean, your, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, TCC, um, uh, they're actually, what's scary is they're actually pretty young. A lot of sophomores yeah. and juniors, so uh, they're probably going to be making several appearances there. And I was a little, I knew they were good. I hadn't really ever been able to see them, but uh, really good football team. They kind of shocked me on uh, how uh, convincingly they won mm -hmm. last night. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, at first I was thinking, I was thinking Woodward Academy m might kind of keep it close, and it, it was close at one point, and th then you see that pull away, that one one moment in the game happens, and okay, and now it's TCC's game all the way to all the way to that state title. Now in 7A, which will be the last game of the day, will be Walton and Milton. I know Milton is not a stranger to uh, state title games, or or. Or I would say not, not really a stranger to the playoffs at all, but they have showed up multiple times in the state title game as well. Yeah, they they're all they've been in there before, and you know they they both are kind of similar type schools and programs. Um, so that, that should be good. We got two really good quarterbacks. 
squaring off with each other. One going to Miami, one going to Wake. Um, with obviously a lot of, uh, it'd probably be a who's who of Division One players. Um, you know, when they're in those big schools like that, oh, we yeah. each have like three thousand yeah. students. Oh yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, should be a, should be a good one to cap off the Georgia high school season. I don't doubt it one bit. And I know uh, one final side point before we uh, try to wrap it up. I know finally, I know for a while it uh, had it had been moved out of. It had been moved out of the bins. I know years ago it was in the dome, mm -hmm. in the Georgia Dome. Now it, it transitioned over to the bins, and now it, it was for a couple of seasons over at Georgia State's football field, and now they finally, I guess, uh, got wise again and moved it indoors because mm -hmm. they had to worry about forecasts and all. I mean, I, uh, I, I would have to say I'm, ha I'd have to say I'm happy in terms of watching it in the. Uh, I'd say I'm happy to watch it in the bins instead of outside where, I mean, weather weather has possibly played a big factor in games as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 it's exciting for the kids. Too. Mm -hmm. I remember also, too, early on, uh, the semifinal games were actually in the Dome. And huh. then the home game, the championship games would be at the, the higher seeds home. Okay. Um, they did that as well, which was fun. But uh, I'm glad they brought it back to the Dome. It's just a... Uh, it's just a neat atmosphere there and, mm -hmm. you know, fun for the kids. And, of course, you don't have to worry about, you know, the extreme cold or if it happens to rain or something like that. That played too mm -hmm. much of a factor in it. But all part of ball. So, hey, it wouldn't matter to me. I'd just be glad to be in it. So. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. And and finally, also with the uh, new implementation of uh, instant replay as well after some uh, very controversial stuff that happened last uh that happened last season. I know there's been uh, there's been multiple so far multiple instances where replays had to been used. So I mean, I I think that. Do you see instant replay being moved down any further than the state title game, or do you think it should stay right there at the very end? Um, obviously it would be nice to have it if you need it, but I don't think logistically yeah. that's something yeah. they can handle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, for high school, it's hard enough right now to get officials in general, mm -hmm. uh, getting you know those games covered. So, right. you know, obviously it's it's great to have it in the championship game, but uh, it's probably not feasible for high schools to to have that sort of stuff. Maybe eventually semifinal games yeah. or something like trickling down, but I, I doubt mm -hmm. we ever have the capabilities of being able to do that for regular season. Right, I got you. But you know, I mean, all in all, I guess uh, the bright bright spot about that, if you're going to have it somewhere, have it at the very end, like definitely where it counts, you know. No doubt, it's yeah. it's uh, it's proven uh, very necessary and mm -hmm. has come in handy um, in these championship games. Absolutely. So as we close it out, I want to say, uh, do you have any closing thoughts or names in particular from this football season that you're gonna uh, that you're gonna miss? And names you'll miss, or names that we really probably should keep an eye on going into 2024. Well, obviously, I'm gonna miss all of our yeah. our seniors. Um, it's, it's been a great group. They've played a lot of football for us over the last four years, um, and you know they they've won a lot of games and, and taken us to to new heights and levels in our program. And they definitely left their their legacy on you know Telford County football. Um, like I say, you know we we still got. Uh, uh, a great group of uh, young men coming back. You know, Jabari, uh, looking forward to him having a big offseason going into his senior year. Braden Cook, uh, bringing back three starters on the offensive line. Um, you know, like I said, Braylon Womack had a, a big freshman year. Uh, we got Brandon Wilcox, uh, Ben Rogers, Bentavious Livingston, 
Um, Sterling Wilcox also a freshman playing a lot of oh, football yeah, yeah. for us. I remember, and, I remember that name now. Um, as well, so there were there were some young guys, freshmen and sophomores that uh, that played a lot of ball for us. So we just we just got to continue to grow and and have a great off season and um, you know see see where this uh, 24 edition takes us. But as I told them, uh, you know, with success comes some different responsibilities, and you know now instead of being the hunter, which we are still hunting certain programs, yeah. but uh, a lot of people are hunting us now, so mm -hmm. we have to prepare ourselves accordingly. You've basically, by, by making it and setting these records this year, you've basically set new precedents, and you're right, I mean, there's a handful of other programs now that are, that are, are, that are hunting you, so great point to end it all, I would say. So, uh, once again, thanks so much for finding the time to sit down with me. I was glad I was able to catch you at an open time. And we'll thank the sponsors one last time. The Law Office of Joseph I. Martin, Riles Drug Store, jointly with Riles Outfitters inside, Merchants and Citizens Bank, Milton CPA Services, Vineyard Doodles, Turkey Creek Outfitters, Jason's Fast Loop, and Security State Bank. Tune in next time when for episode 35 with uh, a yet-to-be-determined guest. I have, uh, I have names in the works but I will be updating social media as soon as possible whenever they give me a uh, free date. So once again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, be sure to like, follow, and share any of the uh, podcasts that you've listened to or have yet to listen to. Go catch up if you've got some, and I'll catch you guys next time.